Sit back and listen and enjoy my podcast about health, wellness, fitness, yoga, business, and life. I talk about everything from ways of eating healthy, mindfulness, yoga, working out, manifesting, to pop culture, momming, adulting. I try to have fun and laugh at myself along the way of my sometimes stressed out and frazzled life. This is Fit, Fun, and Frazzled, and I am your host, Nikki Lanigan. This is episode 184 of Fit, Fun, and Frazzled. I'm your host, Nikki Lanigan. Thanks for joining me today. And we are joined by my guest, Dr. Gayla Gorman. She holds advanced degrees in human development. She's a holistic life coach. She's a minister, published author. She focuses on practical spirituality. As she calls it in quotation marks, her former life includes earning a dual major in business with an emphasis on accounting and finance. As a student of Eastern and Western philosophy, she works to infuse a blend of the best of both worlds into her work and life. On today's episode, we talk about how stress can turn toxic. We talk about common sources of what she refers to as kryptonite, mistakes women make managing health symptoms, why detoxification is important and also risky. We also talk about hormone health and the female hormones. She also is the author of a new book, What's Your Kryptonite? And she talks about her, what she calls PCP person. Please sit back, enjoy this episode. If you find it beneficial and love it, please go leave a five-star rating, review, share it with someone else you might think also can benefit from it. Head to my show notes, click on the links where you can find Dr. Gorman and myself on Instagram. And Dr. Gorman is on all the social media channels. So just go to my show notes, click on the link and follow her. Thanks guys. Enjoy this episode. Sakara Beauty and Detox water drops are my favorite addition to add to my morning water or my nighttime water. It replenishes the minerals missing from your tap water and it ups your intake of your essential daily greens. It is amazing. So the morning drops I use, the beauty water drops, you don't have to take them in the morning. You could take them in the afternoon also, but it helps hydrate you. It has added collagen and keratin in it. And then the detox drops help support detoxification. It has chlorophyll in it, missing minerals. You might be missing the detox drops are a little earthy, mildly earthy flavor. The beauty water drops doesn't really have a taste, I don't think. But one thing I notice, so I am a child of the 90s, over-plucked, over-waxed eyebrows. They have not grown in years and years and years. And finally, I am starting to see growth in them again. I am starting to see my hair grow more. It is healthier looking. It is shinier. My hairstylist even noted that and asked what I'm using if I'm taking a collagen supplement. Head to my show notes. Use my discount code, all capital letters, Wellness. Welcome back to Fit, Fun, and Frazzled. I'm your host, Nikki Lanigan, and I'm excited about my guest today, Dr. Gayla Gorman. Thank you for coming on. It's so nice to finally meet you and connect. Yeah, it's fantastic to be here, Nikki. Uh, Nice to 
chat with you two finally in person <laughs> or yes. somewhat virtually in person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been doing so much research on you. You are such a wealth of knowledge, so much stuff. But first I want to talk about in your former life, you were an accountant and in finance. So what yeah. was this change? <laughs> so um, I will try to summarize it quickly. Um, <laughs> I got started at an accounting firm like days after I turned 16. And that's a really long story. But um, I had, when I retired from accounting, I had been in the field for 20 years. So um, because I started so early, um, it felt like a natural, like I want to do something different with my life. But in right. that last like decade that I was in the accounting field, I had developed um, an expertise in helping physician practices. And I would go in and consult to physicians um, to help them optimize their practice management. And um, doctors are not typically trained to be business people. So, um, yeah. so it wasn't too hard to have some pretty significant improvements. But I started to see what kind of happens on the, you know, behind the curtain in the mm -hmm. healthcare field. And, um, and that I was already interested in alternative and sort of alternative thought and Eastern philosophy and yeah. that sort of thing. But when I started to understand more like what the contrast actually was, um, I started veering more uh, one direction than the other. And mm -hmm. just over time, I ended up kind of drawing a line in the sand and saying, you know, I need to um, be aligned with my values and what I believe. And so yeah. I ended up selling the accounting firm. And then it took me a little while before I finally um, sort of uh, got really serious about what I'm doing now. Um, but I had a lot a lot of foundational um, information that I had gathered. And I was always using myself as a guinea pig all the way back then. And, you know, that's been golly, um, you know, 25 years ago now. So, mm -hmm. a long time. Um, but, um, but I became an acupuncturist because mm -hmm. as I started studying, um, this Eastern philosophy and, and the foundation of medicine, everything came back to the body's energy system. And mm -hmm. the, in Oriental medicine, they understood that thousands of years ago, right? So, um, so now I talk to women in particular, um, just because that's, um, my jam, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but, you know, everything comes down to an energetic disturbance of some sort. And, um, and so that's how I encourage women to see it and mm -hmm. to really, um, work to reverse the effects of, what's already accumulated in their world, but then to notice, become more and more aware of what disturbs their sort of energetic balance. Yeah, that's so fascinating. And I kind of got into this 
um, I'm a yoga instructor also. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do meditation and stuff. Um, it's a few years ago, I've had chronic back pain for seven years, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was like a year ago, two years, a year and a half ago, my back completely went out and I needed surgery. And I started having panic attacks and I started getting into Kundalini and Reiki Mm -hmm. and I didn't need surgery. It was just like unresolved emotions, like trauma issues in your tissues, (laughs) you know, crazy, right. You know, um, really fascinating. And, um, that was another one of those, um, experiences and it reminded me your story reminded me of this this was another one of those experiences that led to my like line in the sand um Mm -hmm. one of my clients was a spine surgeon and very like leading edge he had invented a lot of the technology they were using at the time and um and one of my good friends had sounds like had a similar situation with his back and the message he got from all the medical doctors was you need surgery nothing else is going to work mm-hmm. and um and he too deter was determined to not have to go down that route because you know once you cut into the body and you know sometimes it's just unavoidable if you've got a right. burst appendix you know mm-hmm. like have somebody cut you open and fix it. Right. Like, you you know, you, this is an emergency. It's life-threatening, you know, you've got to deal with it now, but anything that is considered even remotely um, optional elective, um, Mm -hmm. you need to do everything you possibly can to avoid cutting into your body and disturbing all that tissue um, you, it gets disturbed on the way into the body and then Mm -hmm. it's disturbed long-term with the scar tissue and everything. And that assumes the surgery was done perfectly and problem. Right. So, um, so he, it took him a long time, but he managed to, um, reverse his situation with his back as well and avoided surgery. I haven't talked to him in a lot of years. So I assumed that, um, the one good thing about figuring out how to deal with it naturally is that Mm -hmm. you carry that with you forever. Right. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. now, you know, what's possible with natural healing, right? right? So anytime you encounter something, you can say, well, you know, I healed my back and Mm -hmm. my back is good now. So this is just another one of those challenges that, you know, would be great if I didn't have to deal with it, but I know what to do. So, right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, what what are mistakes you see women make managing their health symptoms? So the first thing they do is turn to some symptom suppressor. Right. And so mm-hmm. in your situation, you were probably pay- taking pain relievers <laughs> fairly regularly yeah. to try to <laughs> um, help to offset the um, the problem. And, you know, as long as the pain reliever doesn't become your go-to, like if, as long as you don't look at the pain reliever, like it's solving the problem, right. as long as you look at the pain reliever, like it's buying you time to figure it out and do all the things, you know, you need to do. 
I really don't have a problem with it, but that means short-term use. That means sporadic. So um, one of the examples I like to share is that, you know, we tend to get headaches from time to time, mm -hmm. right? I'm not one of those people who gets headaches frequently, um, but whether you get headaches frequently or infrequently, a headache is simply a sign that your body is dealing with toxicity beyond what it can manage. And so if I just quickly turn to a pain reliever to knock that headache out, we all know it works, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if I, if I use that as basically a way to say, eh, I'll kick the can down the road. I'll just, you know, keep doing what I'm doing. And if I get a headache, I'll take a pain reliever, you know? Yeah. And, and then you um, start seeing other symptoms pop up. And if you're not trained um, to understand the connection and how everything is interconnected, that's why it's so important to understand this energy system in the body. You know, mm -hmm. if you're not, if you're not trained to see how everything is connected, then you think this symptom has nothing to do with this symptom but they're actually very directly connected. And yeah. it's just a sign that your body is accumulating toxicity and that, um, and that something needs to be done to reverse that. Um, I like to say that um, any symptom, and I mean literally any symptom, is um, nothing more than a sign that your body's been struggling to manage something for a while, like the symptom didn't, that, that's the other thing that people don't tend to understand. And it's not your fault. The, the system is not conditioned to help us really understand yeah. and become our own like PCP primary care person. Right. So yeah. the, the, um, the, um, issue really is that when we see a symptom, the first thing we need to think is, wow, that's been going on for a while and my body's been managing it until now, now that the symptom shows up, it's like a big cry for help mm -hmm. and the help it's crying for is not some symptom suppressor that's trying to whack-a-mole it into submission. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So you mentioned PCP. Yeah. Um, can you talk about that more? Yeah. So um, in the healthcare field, um, I was um, representing physicians, working with physicians when managed care really first came on the scene. And, um, and so there's a term PCP, that's your primary care practitioner. And essentially that was a role that was established. And in the field, it's known as the gatekeeper, and you have to go to that primary care practitioner and have them refer you out to a specialist. And it's just the way the system works. We could go down in that rabbit hole really deep, but um, <laughs> but let's not do that today. Let's just <laughs> focus on PCP and the way I uh, refer to a PCP is that 
rather than turning to your primary care practitioner every time some little something comes up, you need to become your primary care person where you can become more and more aware of what's going on with you and what triggers symptoms. Mm -hmm. And then also um, to participate, you know, really look for practitioners, whether they are medical doctors or more alternative practitioners, like I would be, um, to develop um, a relationship that feels more collaborative, you know, yeah. where, where the, um, there's no way I can observe everything in your world. If I could, if I literally like followed you around, I'd probably notice quite a few things that I would see as contributing to, um, a toxic buildup. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I can't do that. Right. Um, um, one, I got a life too. (laughs) And two, you don't want me hovering (laughs) around. Right. (laughs) So, um, so you've got to become aware, you know, with my help or just your own, um, um, accumulating knowledge, um, you've got to become more and more aware of, um, those signs that your body, starts to send you and it will it will send you more subtle signs before like a full-blown what we would refer to as a symptom shows up yeah Mm -hmm. I lucked out like really I was so my oldest is 16 and when I was looking for a pediatrician when I was pregnant and stuff I found one and she is so good she's like so 16 years ago you know holistic and natural Mm -hmm. wasn't as big as it was now but she kind of went with it with me and like sometimes she'd be like okay okay and then she would let me know also like no this is the time she really needs the antibiotics she really you know like that so I really appreciate her very much yeah um one thing that you were talking about before is toxicity um what do you think um I know a lot of people do detoxes and things like that. Do you think they're important? We should do it. Is it, is it also risky? Is it situational by a person or what are your thoughts on that? So detox is definitely something that I work with people Mm -hmm. do, but we do a very targeted detox for what they're dealing with. So I evaluate 12 categories of toxicity. And um, uh, I was just putting together some notes for my newsletter. I send a newsletter out every Sunday with kind of my current observations and thoughts. And, um, and so by the time this airs, that newsletter will be long (laughs) in the history books. But, um, but I, when I scan people, so I have a, um, assessment that I do. And part of the process is that I run these entry level scans that are used bioenergetics to kind of evaluate the levels of toxicity of these 12 categories. And, um, and so one of the things I notice really regularly is supplement toxicity. And Mm -hmm. so many people have, you know, learned about some supplement 
and they've added it into their regimen yeah. and they've been taking it for potentially years, right? The same supplement. And, mm -hmm. um, and so one of the most unpopular things I say is to stop taking all those supplements long-term, you know, yeah. if you've been taking the same thing over a few months, stop, give it a rest, figure out like if you start taking a supplement that your body really needs, it's meeting a deficiency, mm -hmm. you will notice a difference, right? But if you, if you stop taking that supplement and you don't notice a difference, then that deficiency has already been met, right? Okay. And if yeah. you continue piling on more supplements, then you're just creating more toxicity in your body. So, um, so there's, you know, as you can imagine, there's these 12 categories of toxicity. So there's all different types of toxicity, even within these categories, there's a lot of different types of toxicity. For example, um, mycotoxins um, is another really common form of toxicity, but, um, but it could either be like you really have serious mold in your environment mm -hmm. and it's, you know, um, set up shop in your lungs and your, you know, respiratory system. And yeah. that's a big problem to eliminate, or you eat a lot of raw foods and we tend to get a lot of mold coming in with raw foods. And if oh. that builds up, then, you know, you need to do a, essentially a detox that's targeted at mycotoxins and you need to stop eating the raw foods at least for a period of time or eat them more in moderation. But that tends to like be able to be pulled out of our system fairly easy. And that's just an example of how that, um, how the process works and, why you need to know what type of toxicity you're dealing with and yeah. not just randomly use a detox. You know, the yeah. only detox that I think makes sense for most people is using fasting. <laughs> and, um, and if you really need to DIY it at home, then leaning into fasting and giving your system time for digestive rest and to be able to purge some of the toxicity that helps. Um, mm -hmm. but you may also need some support and I do use supplements. <laughs> I just don't use the same supplement with everybody. And I don't use one supplement long-term. Yeah. What, what are your favorite supplements that you use right now? I have Many <laughs> half a half a dozen line uh, lines that I um typically draw from, and um if a pro if I put together a protocol for somebody, it'll have typically six to eight things in it, mm -hmm. and from one person to the next, only maybe a couple of those will be the same from one person. Yeah. To so I have a I have like um in a protocol, I have a supplement that I'm using for a number of different things in particular. And then within that category, if you will, 
I'm scanning for which supplement that the line, the actual formulation, which supplement your body says will best address what you've got going on. So it's pretty yeah. customized. How, what are some symptoms of mold toxicity? Cause I'm actually really interested in this. Cause I have a, I have like a feeling like I have it. I had bronchitis. I think we had to reschedule a few times because I had, it turned into pneumonia oh. and it, it was like two months, two months. I was sick from November to the middle of January. I was sick. Um, just, and I constantly get respiratory issues. Like whenever I have for the past, like three years, whenever I get bronchitis, it turns into pneumonia or, um, I had post COVID pleurisy. Like I get, all this stuff with my lungs. <laughs> so that tends to not be mycotoxins. That's mycoplasma, okay. <laughs> which <Okay>. is more <laughs> of a bacterial thing. And, um, and so, um, what tends to happen with that is that when you're put on antibiotics, which you probably were, mm -hmm they tend to kind of throw the baby out with the bath water. So then to repopulate your gut and your system to be able to handle even just normal toxicity becomes a pretty substantial job. And, okay. um, and that's again, where you get into more of a customized situation because um, even if you're talking about something like probiotics, um, yeah. which a lot of people say, well, I take a probiotic all the time and I'm like, okay, well, one, you don't need a probiotic all the time. And you may be overpopulating that in your gut, which may yeah. lead to digestive issues and gas and bloating, but also you want to be mixing up the different strands. And so you want to be using different formulations. So if you've been taking the same probiotic for over a few months, just mm -hmm. stop. because <laughs> uh, yeah. It's not doing you any good. So, um, so, you know, uh, gut health, honestly, is the, probably the, um, the big one, the, closest we're going to get to the root cause of just about everything. Right. Yeah. And if you think about it, you know, I was, I had bronchitis all the time when I was really little and the story goes that I still have my tonsils because I was never well enough for long enough for them to remove them. Mm. And, um, so I was on antibiotics virtually nonstop and, mm -hmm. No surprise, I have lingering gut health issues, you know, 60 years later, right? So yeah. um, it's just a very challenging situation to um, really heal all of that. And um, it ends up being something that just has to be managed long-term and, um, and, um, and it just is something that um, if we ignore it, the, um, it is going to affect so many other things, including mm -hmm. hormone production, you know, like when you think about it, um, everything essentially gets processed by your liver. 
right? Um, yeah. Regardless, it's going through your liver, right? So if your liver and kidneys are sluggish because your elimination system is not getting the job done, maybe you've got leaky gut or, you know, which most people do at this point because of, <laughs> um, because of all the things that they are consuming and, mm -hmm. um, and just the cumulative effects of years of, um, of not following my advice. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, the real issue then becomes like serotonin production that impacts your brain. You know, mm -hmm. people are now really complaining about, um, brain fog, right. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and that is directly related to your gut. You know, there's a yeah. gut brain and a brain brain, <laughs> a head brain, yeah. a gut brain and a head brain. And if your gut brain isn't working, don't expect your head brain to be on fire, you know? So, yeah. Um, so the, um, the gut health is a big thing for sure. Yeah. So you are also an author and you have a book. What's your kryptonite? Yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So, um, I lost my sister to cancer. Um, a couple oh, of years ago sorry. and she was two years younger than me, which is just, in my opinion, ridiculous. And mm -hmm. as a side note with everything we've had to deal with in the last several years, more and more young people are being diagnosed with cancer. And yeah. so, you know, this is just, if, if you're um, watching or listening to this episode, just take the signs seriously. Don't assume you're too young to, um, have something going on <laughs> and, mm -hmm. um, and reverse course earlier, sooner rather than later. But, um, but I had been working on the book. It had been in the works for a while. And when I lost my sister, I just knew I had to make it a priority and get it done. And, um, and she, um, the, um, title of the book is what's your kryptonite. And the subtitle is manage the toxic stressors, threatening your superwoman status. And, uh, and my, I love that my sister was a hundred percent superwoman in her world. She was a single mom. She had a little like ranch at ranch at out in Texas. And she was always sharing some crazy story of something going on at the ranch. And, um, and so anyway, I just, I really miss her. I miss her every day. And, um, and I dedicated the book to her because, um, she thought she could get away with leading this over the top stressed out life. And, yeah. and it is, um, not sustainable in our toxic world. You know, mm -hmm. one of the things I saw an article actually just this week that, um, that talked about, the reason why so many women are having such a hard time when they um, enter into menopause is mm -hmm. because they were already so stressed. And I've been talking a lot about this in the content I've been creating, mm -hmm. but I actually saw an article in the guardian that was confirming this now and talking yeah. about how um, essentially the physical stress, meaning the um, hormone changes and that sort of thing, the physical stress that our body has to deal with as um, menopause joins the party 
um, just adds to the stress that you've really barely been managing to this point anyway. And then it just feels like the wheels fall off. And, um, and then you start turning to more symptom suppressors, which yeah. just are making the problem worse. Right. So, yeah, that's so, crazy. Yeah. You say that because just recently I was thinking about that. Um, so many things I hear now, so many more symptoms of perimenopause and menopause. And I never heard it before. The only things I've ever heard was, um, hot flashes, you know, hot flashes and insomnia. That was like it. And now all this other stuff. But when you said that, that makes sense. We are so stressed out now. It would like intensify anything. Yeah. 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 And, um, and so it's the same um, solution. <laughs> the mm -hmm. solution is to stop suppressing symptoms with anything, including hormone replacement therapy. We can never um, rebalance our hormones the way our body would naturally. So anytime you try to introduce hormones like, um, artificially, whether that's mm -hmm. bioidentical or synthetic, um, you are essentially just creating a different imbalance. <laughs> so, um, so stop suppressing symptoms, deal with your stress and, yeah. um, and, uh, and then just watch like all the things start to resolve <laughs> uh, magically. Yeah. It'll seem like, you know? Yeah. So where can um, everyone find your book? Is it on Amazon? Brand yeah, but Noble? the best place, the best place to go is drgala.com and drgala.com. That's my website. And if you're on mobile, it's probably easier to go to drgala.com forward slash links, just L-I-N-K-S. And there's just mm -hmm. some quick links there to get the book, to sign up for my newsletter, to, you know, there's a few other things on that page. So um, um, either just go straight to the homepage, drgala.com or drgala.com forward slash links. Perfect. Thank you. Is there anywhere else people can find you? Do you have social media handles, Instagram? You name it, I've got it. <laughs> and on both of those, uh, in both of those places I just sent you to, if you scroll down to the bottom of the homepage, there's all the little social badges. So you can click straight to my profile from there. And um, whatever your social channel of choice is, um, I look forward to seeing you. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. And it was so nice meeting you and talking with you. Yeah. Nice chatting with you too, Nikki.